Brady's not in a retirement home with you yet, Dad? to the fantasy hipsters podcast it's episode 14 we got a packed show for you guys today uh we were talking about a fantasy mock draft we did with the the nfl fantasy crew and we got a special guest but before we get all to all that you're listening to matt franchise right across from me my buddy matt Harmon. what's going on buddy that was a little bit of a kind of a different intro than what you normally do uh, trying to throw the listeners off a little bit i like that well i mean like i said different you spice it up you know how you look different than the rest of the sheep out there i don't you, know you and should... you, you you spice up your grooming please routine? please tell me well you check out our our pals do champs grooming there you go vintage inspired handmade grooming products for the modern day man do champs grooming has everything that you know fresh looking fellas need to look good they've got a hair wax that we both use on a daily basis. Yes. They've got a beard wash, a beard oil, a beard balm. If you've got a beard like you do with that that, that beautiful thing on your face there. Yes. They've got everything you could possibly want if you need a, if you need grooming. So, Franchise, if our listeners want to check out DoChamps Grooming, the presenting sponsor of the Fantasy Hipsters podcast, mm-hmm. what would they do? They go to DoChampsGrooming.co is the website. Go to the shop Throw some stuff in the cart, some stuff you need to fix your beard or your hair up. And then at checkout, enter promo code HIPSTERSPOD, one word, and you get 15% off your order. Seriously, these guys are awesome. We can't recommend them enough. Uh, their stuff is incredible. We, I mean, I, we both use it on a daily basis. Every single day. What else do you need to know? But we won't, uh, we won't waste too much time because, like you said, we got a packed show today. Packed. Special guest. Should we reveal who the special guest is? We got James Cow. It's James Coe. We got James Coe. And yeah, we're, from, we're getting uh, into a lot with him. From Clip Nash. From Clip Nash, from the NFL Fantasy Live <laughs> podcast, from NFL Fantasy Live, the TV show. Television. Yeah, yeah. live HD television. Yeah. Oh, actually, that show's not live, even though it has live in the title. Also, Am we, I allowed to say that? Yeah, it's not live. Yeah. Also, we impersonated him a few episodes ago, or you did. I did. And he was actually here in the flesh today, so, you know. But not to synerg- spoil it, but, Synergy. Right, not to spoil it, we do talk about our mock draft that we just did with him, but he also... He came in to, to bring a bring bring a pretty a, a challenge a challenge. It was for us, a little bit say. of a challenge, yeah. Yeah, but we'll you'll get to that. That's later on in the episode. But uh, how was your week, man? Uh, my week was good. I actually, you know, I'm engaged. Can confirm you are. So this thing when you hire a photographer for your wedding, they offer engagement shoots, mm-hmm. right? So me and Mackenzie, my fiance, we went to Palm Springs on Sunday afternoon and did our engagement photo shoot and it was all awesome. awkward at first and then I had a whiskey and I loosened up. It, was, it, it turned into a really fun deal and I think we got some good photos out of it. So Awesome. When will those be memeable? I mean, available to uh, to view? Uh, probably within two weeks, our photographer said, but you know. Fantastic. I'm Make not sure. going to share them with anyone except You're not gonna, my family. What about your close friends? Maybe. <laughs> what about your podcast partner? You have a huge grin on your face right now and I know there's just mischief behind it. No, man. I'm just I'm really excited for my friend that you found love and happiness, yep. something that's elusive for many people out there in the world. And Thanks. I would just like to, 
I'd like to look at the pictures and, and appreciate good photography and two beautiful people that I love very much and you and Mackenzie. And I, I mean, is that so hard to ask? No, but I appreciate that. That's very nice of you. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. know you uh, You had a nice little fun-filled weekend too, right? Oh, God, I did. So, all right. So, I, I got to tell a story from, all my, right. from, my, Buckle from, up. from my weekend in, in Disneyland. Oh, geez. So... Uh, my sister works as a part-time travel agent for, for Disney. And, cool. uh, so she comes out, she goes to Disney world a lot, comes out to Disneyland. She did, she did it this time last year too, but this time my younger sister, um, came with, with, with them, with her too. So it was my two, two of my sisters and me, um, my older sister Kim had a, like a work party for Dis for her, for her group at Disneyland, uh, Friday night. So I went out there for that, stayed and went in, into the park on Saturday, but so we're there Saturday, we're there Friday night and like obviously this this party's just full of for lack of a better word Disney weirdos. Okay. I mean, you know, adults that are just obsessed with Disney. Yeah, it's it's a little weird. It's a very weird. Yeah. But so I'm texting with a, a certain somebody. Mm -hmm. Not going to get into who it was, but mm -hmm. a certain somebody and and I said to this person I said there are so many Disney weirdos here. I just I don't know what to do with myself. And and this person suggested that I go up to one of them and give a really bad Disney take. Like just a, a hot, awful take about <laughs> Disney, and I was like, "Deal, I love this idea." So I asked my, so I said it to my two sisters. I'm like, "Look, um, ran it by the person I was texting to. I said that I was going to go up to somebody and say, you know, are you really enjoying this? Because I got to be honest with you, Disney was really in the tank before Pixar bailed them out. Am I right?" Wow! <laughs> oh my gosh! And. All three of them approved that I should. My two sisters and the person I was texting said I should definitely do that. What a roast! And my sister, the one who works with with them, was like, "All right, well, this is the person you should go do it to." And it was yeah. one of the guys, uh, one of the ladies' husbands. Okay. And so, so your sister knew who the person was because yes. she works. And with kind them. of, yeah. kind of, kind of trapped me a little bit. Like, oh, well, look, <laughs> he's just a bored husband or whatever. But really, she knew that this guy would would probably take the bait. Right, right, right. So I go up to the guy and I, I just. You know, have a beer, like walk up and kind of just casually engage him, like. And I just said, I'm like, so yeah, I was like, yeah, how you, how you doing? Like, you, are you enjoying this? Because I got, like I said, like I got to be honest with you, I thought Disney was just really in the tank before Pixar bailed him out. I mean, am I right? And this guy, like I said, hook, line, and sinker oh. was, and and he just completely un. What I was not expecting, he just goes. You know, you're kind of right, and it's all because it's all because millennials can't pay attention. And I'm like, and by the way, this guy's like our age, so he's like a yeah. self-hating millennial, right, which is right. the worst kind of millennial. Right. Goes into this whole spiel, and you know, I'm I've had, I mean, I've obviously had enough drinks to do this, so I'm yeah. a little drunk at the time, and I'm like, I'm I'm crabsing right away. I'm, yeah. I'm just confused, like, oh, this was not the response I was expecting, and he's like, really, just again, you know. I just don't, and he's like, and it's the live, he's like, the live actions now. Don't even get me started. Oh, I was like, no. <laughs> You're in too deep, bro. I was way too, way too. You and gotta then, like, get out. Some other person comes into the conversation. Oh, no. And I was like, this is outrageous. And then he goes, he goes, yeah, they made, I mean, the live action Beauty and the Beast with that chick from Harry Potter. And I was yeah. like, whoa. Don't bring my girl Emma Watson into no, this. No, no, no. Uh, Emma Watson. You've like gone my, too far. Yeah, that's sir. like my top celebrity crush. Yeah. So be cool, bro. But, anyways, just way got in over my head. Uh, but it was it was pretty funny. Like this, the, his reaction to it was just not at all what wow. I expected. I, I just expected him to look at me and be like, "Shut up, man!" But yeah, it was pretty outrageous. And, and then you so, like sweezled your way out of the just situation no. I mean, eventually, what? like it was kind of towards the end of the party. Yeah. Uh, so things started kind of breaking up, and he just like he's like, 
Good talk. Oh, shook wow. my hand. <laughs> shook my hand. I was like, all right. You're like, buddy, it was a joke. Glad I challenged your Disney <laughs> uh, your Disney fandom. But yeah, so that was my weekend. Heck uh, yeah. And obviously I had a nice time with my sisters being here uh, at the park and everything. Cool. It was fun. Good times. So yeah, so I mean, that's uh, that's our week. Uh, we're, you want to just go ahead and kick it to this interview with uh, with James Coe? Let's bring Coe in. I mean, oh, by the way. Oh, by, oh, by the way. But, but for real, oh, by the way. Yeah. This interview is actually going to be brought to you by realitysportsonline.com. Okay. Franchise and I both play on Reality Sports Online. Mm-hmm. We're both huge fans of the platform. This really gives you the experience of an NFL of being an NFL GM. It's run by a couple of former NFL front office personnel, so you know it's legit. They have everything you could possibly possibly want in a league. They have a free agency auction room that you can actually go out and try for free on their website. Uh, it really mimics the actual NFL free agency process. Like you and all your team, your league mates, which by the way, you can have 32 teams in a league. I mean, 32 teams, give me a break. Yeah. And you can really get into the whole weeds of bidding on free agents and trying to one-up your friends. I mean, you and I got in a couple bidding wars last year, spent way too much on Jamal Charles. Whoops. Uh, Anyways, won't be doing that again this year, but... I've got Jordy Nelson signed till he's 47 years old. Exactly. So, so that. crazy salary cap functionality. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the, the contracts and everything. And, and in addition to rookie drafts and dynasty leagues and everything, you can go right now and try get a 14-day free trial on realitysportsonline.com. And if you use the promo code HIPSTERS after you sign up, you get a 10% discount on your league or team today. So fantasy just got real at Reality Sports Online. Boom. But yeah, so they're going to be presenting this interview with James Coe, and let's uh, let's start with him right now. All right. And now, behind I mean, this is this is big. This is very much behind enemy lines right now. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> the fantasy oh, hipsters are wow. happy to be joined by our old. Pal from the NFL Fantasy Live podcast, James Co. James, how are you doing? Does not sound like you guys are that pleased. No, this is on. this is exciting. I, the only way I could get on is if I bought you guys gifts. True, and I was telling Gelhar last night that you uh, <laughs> that you were on the podcast. He's like, Jake, how'd you how'd you, you're having James on? And how'd I was you land like, a star like that? Uh, negative, well, that's not that's not that was not how the tone oh, was. Inaccurate. It was uh, yeah. it was more of like, why would you get that Joker on? Well, it's just like, well, J- why is James on? And I was like, well, he bribed his way on. Yeah, he did, but he did. I had, had a good idea. idea. Yeah. yeah. And so let's not waste any time. We got a we got a lot to, to hit on here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So the we're gonna talk some fantasy and you know the mock draft that we just recently did. I guess if, if, we, if we have time. But really, what the biggest reason that we have you yeah. on is you actually issued us a I don't know if I want to call it a challenge or a, well, look, a proposition. You, you but, guys are the fantasy hipsters. A big part of the hipster brand is coffee. Clearly, right. if you're if you're a hipster anyway, not just a fantasy hipster. If you're a hipster. You have to enjoy coffee. Right. And I, I'm not a hipster, but I love myself Mm -hmm. some coffee. Mm -hmm. Now, I know you guys do the whole French press thing, and that's part of your brand, uh, which is cool. Got it right here on the table. That's fine. But I think anyone who is a legit, hardcore coffee drinker, they enjoy the French press, and they say, okay, French press is fine if you like fine. Okay. Let me give you good. And the way to do it good is the pour-over method. Mm. And the fact... I know you guys are young, and sure. I'm old. I get that. Well, I'm young. Franchise is <laughs> moderately young. <laughs> wow. So I felt it necessary to to enlighten your minds. Okay. So essentially what we're going to do here 
is we're gonna franchise and I are gonna we're gonna we're gonna taste test these two things. Right, exactly. Uh, I'm gonna we're gonna go ahead right now and pour the French press. Yes. And uh, we're I we gotta plunge, push it down over here. Plunge yeah. it. We need, it makes we need me, a sound effect. It makes me uncomfortable when you say plunge. Plunge yeah. it. Gotta go slow because otherwise it'll exactly. spill. No, I, I like the technique. Yeah. Good technique. It's good technique because he's going slowly and. Right. Um, you know, I got a saying in coffee, okay? Patience is a virtue, Yeah, it's but it's a must true. in coffee. This reminds me of the, what was it, the second time we I were like on it. the... I like it. Second time we were on the network franchise? And yeah. The, we had the French press on the table with us there. I, yeah. still, I, still, have the, I still have the gif of... Liquid uh, gold right there. Liquid okay. gold. All right. You're using your blue cup. I'll use my blue cup, too, so that we're all... Here. Okay. Pass, pass. Pour co first. Pour okay. First. Just give me a little bit. Don't oh. need too much. It's a good size French press. That's good. That's Since good. you're talking about it's fine or whatever. Right? <laughs> yeah. What is that about? No, it's just a taste test. I mean, I don't know. We're gonna we're not gonna chug this whole mug of coffee, are we? Uh, I mean, I'm maybe. pretty. Oh, okay. All right. Well, sure. It's it's like it's afternoon, man. Okay, a little that's afternoon cup okay. of coffee. All right. All right. All right. So we're good. So we've got the it's the three hot. of us have the uh, French press. have the French press, French press coffee. Sir. We're all gonna darkly colored. Mugs. Cheers. Cheers. Mm-hmm. French press. Okay. Ooh, good. That's gonna be some harsh audio. What's everybody think? Takes? That was a real strong sip from you there. It's fine. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. good. Well, is it good or is it fine? It's fine. Mm -mm. Okay. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, My my personal take is that it's a little thin. Mm -hmm. And the... Agreed. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. But I think... uh, But don't you think a few extra beans could fix that? It could, but keep in mind too, it's been steep. It's steeped an extra amount of time too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we had a we had a pre-recording incident that we won't get into. Thanks, but it, Chuck. But our it, producer. Yeah. Our, our producer. <laughs> yeah. Had some had some issues. And by right, the way, well, this is a, this is a high quality. Yeah. Uh, a, co- a high quality coffee bean that you got. We yes, will not yes. be naming that right. because. But they it is it is extremely podcasts. it's an extremely high end brand. No yes. doubt. Yeah. It's um, good. And I. Do not believe that it has reached its full potential. So you're okay. gonna you're gonna help us unlock its full potential now. I the, I do believe so. I, this coffee. is by the way, it's it's an extremely good cup of coffee. Yeah, yeah. But I think it can go to the next level. I do think that it's a little thin though. Bring us to the next level. All right, so let's, let's go. So let's what do we do? Level here? us All right, up. So <clears throat> so I think we have to take a, a small break if we can. I, yes. I'd like to heat up the water again. And then the pour-over method takes, you know, a little bit of time as well. You know, I could easily just uh, stop the podcast and we could pick it up again. You didn't have to go through this whole let's stop thing. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Remember, this is a, this is a high-quality operation. We're not back in that podunk studio there that you guys recorded the NFL Fantasy Live stop podcast. Down. Stop down. All right, we're stopping down. Oh, it's stop down. All right, so we're going to do the pour-over. Technique matters. Okay. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Like in football. Yeah. Technique matters. Okay. All right, so you want to you wanna be able to pour an entire scoop in. And by the way, we're using a um, a pretty nice pour over. Like you can buy a pour over from you know Target, Walmart, or whatever. Yeah, this, this not recommended. You got this from. Uh, it's a Japanese brand. I was gonna say it's I, from Amazon. I, I saw some some Asian writing on yes. it. Yes, I was gonna assume Korean because no, no, you're Korean. Oh but no, no, no. I'm no. also trying not to make an ass of myself. Here. <laughs> the Japanese uh, fine craftsmanship, as always. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Uh, they have figured out the whole coffee. Uh, I also use, this is super hipster, the filter is an unbleached filter. Whoa. Um, which, ironically, you 
have to pay more for okay. for them to do less work on it. That is confusing. It's very confusing, but it's an unbleached filter. Mm -hmm. uh, we're using the same coffee grounds. Uh, when you pour it in, or when you put the coffee grounds in, you do have to pack it down pack a little down. bit. A little bit. Part yeah, of the so technique. What, so James is taking. I mean, this is a. Pl is this a plastic? Or it's a plastic. It, yeah, it's a plastic scoop. It comes with the. It comes with the pour over. Uh, yeah, all this, all inclusive. Yes, absolutely. So if this, I mean, obviously this is an audio podcast mostly, right. but this is great reason for people to subscribe to the YouTube channel That's right, right now, Fantasy Hipsters on YouTube, and check out actually what James is going through all process right. so, wise. So. so now we're going to pour. Okay, the, the one thing about the French press versus the pour over, the pour over method is really good for individual cups. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? So like if you're at home working or whatever and you want to get a single cup of uh, of Excellent coffee. Yeah, this is the way. Well, we'll to go. be the judge of this whole excellent thing. <laughs> I mean, you said good at the beginning. Now you're saying excellent. Well, well I'm saying, saying the pour over is going to be excellent. Yeah. Your French press method, while good, is not great. Was fine. I strive for great. Oh, here we go. Okay. Okay. It's okay. debatable, but <clears throat> all right. And the one thing is, you want to be able to just like in the French press, you're trying to you're going to cook down the the, the the grinds a bit. So you want the you want there to be a, a low level of water at first. It's kind of kind of steep in there for a second, um, and as you can see, it's the the, the water is going to kind of come up the uh, up the filter. Yeah. A lot's but going the on right now. But the grinds are going to come up the filter too. So that's why you again, patience is not only a virtue; it's a must in coffee. Okay. And this is why I'm saying you got to be very very patient with it. Um, we are going to kind of I'm, I'm going to cheat a little bit because uh, it's really only supposed to be for one cup, but. You can know, really hear it, hear it there. This is pretty good audio. This is so great audio. Right down. <clears throat> Not gonna lie, to you, this is pretty good. Uh, it's pretty good audio, though. So that, that'll get picked up. This I know, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so this is this is fascinating, though. I mean, let, yeah. let's just say while we're waiting, James, yeah. I would, you know, you and I have known each other for what almost almost two years now. That's right, pretty much. Yeah, I would say that this delicacy that you're showing right now is the most patient and, and sort of <laughs> careful I've ever seen you be with anything. That's uh, that's sadly accurate. Yeah, I mean, this is this is impressive. That is sadly accurate. Yeah, the man likes a quality cup of coffee. Right, I mean, given I've only ever mostly interacted with you in, in either work or drinking environments. That's right, and neither one is... Uh, is delicate. This no. is a drinking environment. Well, I mean, neither like, one is too delicate. You know. So there's a hole in the bottom of that thing. Right. So now it's, it's just coming out. It goes down into the nobody cares about your fantasy team coffee mug. <laughs> Which is true. So Don't now forget. We're, we're switching mugs over just okay. because I want uh, there to be. So we can each get a taste. Yeah. Everybody and like get a little something. And you know, in the first um, and the first pour too is always you know the strongest, right? So like. That's why it's going in right. Mind. Right. So the reason and the reason I'm going around yes. the rim the is is here. to force. The grinds, uh, because again they're rising up into the container, so you're using the water to push them back down. Okay. And it's going to pack in again even more flavor into it. Again, the reason it, you got to be patient with it because the initial instinct is is to just fill up the thing and just wait for it to be done. Yeah. But when that happens, you're losing a lot of the grinds that you've packed in there. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. Right. Makes well, sense. it's like when you're boiling uh, like quinoa or something, and, and and the bubbles get up top, and then you pull off the lid, and then the, the little they the, they are up there at the top. Some of them all right. around. You, you got to mix them back in. Exactly. Right. So oh, this yeah. is kind of the same sort of situation. You know, rice quinoa. You know, if you don't eat quinoa, and you eat rice because you're a sheep. That's fine. 
Can By the way, I know. Can it at least be organic brown rice? Oh, sure. That's oh, fine. No. I, I, as long as it's organic. <laughs> I got to tell you guys, like, we talked about this in the intro, my, my trip to Disneyland this weekend. Oh, you went to Disneyland? I did. My sisters were in town. Ah, um, and how was that? Well, it was it was something. It was like I said, it was something. But the, okay. the moment where you know, because if you stay at the resort, you get to go right on when the park opens doors at seven o'clock. But okay. if you are just coming in for the day, you can't come in until I think like after eight o'clock. Okay, like almost. Well, who the hell to goes? Nine. Who the hell goes there that early? Yeah, we're talking a.m. F- yeah, freak seven freak shows. A.m. Freak shows like my my like, like my sister is a duo. <laughs> so she's like went. riding rides at seven thirty in the morning. I was there riding the rides too. So I'm saying, you're saw, a psychopath. Sorry, it, sorry well, for you. You went from LA to Orange County. No, 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 no. Oh, I stayed. I stayed. Oh, there. That's what I'm saying. You, if you if you stay at the resorts, yeah, yeah, you yeah. can get in early. No, no. But I'm saying, I thought you drove no, from LA to no, Orange no, County no, 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 in the morning. No, 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 no. I was there the night before for a party. Okay, great. But anyways, so, but like, there was no bigger like. Whoa! Look at the sheep moment. Then, because they literally rope off the park. Oh yeah! Before the before the rest of the public can come oh, yeah. in. And I mean, I remember walking past that rope, just being like, "Sheep, nice wolf's wolf's in the park already." Makes you feel pretty important. <laughs> exactly. You're like, yeah, I'm a VIP. It was great. What? I was just, it was pretty, talking it about? Would have been great for the podcast. Wolf, wolves and sheep. Yeah, I mean, wolves, I, wolves and sheep. Okay, I understand that, but you're at Disneyland. You cannot use wolf and Disneyland. You're at uh, Disneyland for God's it was sake. There, it wasn't like it uh, was the most. It was the most wolf I could possibly be while at Disneyland. Okay. Let's just put it that right, way. Fair enough. There's got to be a know. Disney film with a wolf in it. Uh, I'm sure there are, but I'm just saying that's Lion not. Lion King. That's or not, hyenas a wolf? No, bro. <laughs> I mean, they might be sent from the same genus or familia. Right. Familia? Isn't that what it's? What it's yeah. We're we're Species. really just talking out of our ass right now. Well, I mean, we gotta we gotta kill time while this, this pour over <laughs> thing takes forever. Well, hold up now. The French press thing—you have to steep it for five minutes too. Mm, four minutes. This let's, hasn't been this hasn't been five minutes. Let's get a close up here. And by the way, I mean, again, I'm pouring three cups here. This is not you know. <sighs> so our YouTube viewers can see what's going on. I'm just saying, it's taking a long time. I'm mm. already if we're thinking pros and cons here. Okay. I've already found ourselves a con because this is taking. This is the setup, guys. This is taking a little bit of time. But, but what I'm saying, it, it's not though. Compared nah. to that, it took four. It, just because you have to take care of your dog's throw up in the interim. Whoa, whoa! Don't spoil up what's going on in the background. <laughs> this is, you know, listen. Let's keep some things sacred here, James. Oh, Jesus. Just, Fantasy yeah. Hipsters podcast is. This is a sacred uh, area. Sacred ground. Sacred ground. Oh God. All right. Well, look. look we have enough. Yeah, we I think enough. we're good. We okay. have enough here. Okay, we're good. We're so good. we're so gonna we're gonna pour a little bit in here just to kind of into your mug, I should add. Well, no, this is gonna be franchises. Oh, yeah. I'm most important, so pour mine first. Mm, that's debatable. But I'm excited about this. This is, this, you know, like we've said, hipsters, coffee, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This is this they is go pretty big. It's oh, sure. pretty big. Yeah. And again, there is a little bit of technique to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. clearly, patience. This is taking a solid. Five minutes at least. Okay, all right, calm down. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, for, for the viewers, if you want to do this, you, you gotta, you know. You do have to You invest. gotta dedicate some delicacy and some time to yeah. a gentle touch. Yeah, no doubt. It's not easy to pour the water around the rim like no, that it is without not. spouring. It's boiling without spilling it all over the place. No, right, it is right. not. You gotta, be, gotta have a steady hand. And no you doubt. can buy those fancy pour over kettles too. Yes, but that's what they have at the. Uh, yeah, I've seen with the long I'm not, the uh, Yeah, I'm not about that, dude. I'm not about that life, man. Because it's like wow. it's like eighty bucks for a kettle, and yeah, you're like, dude, it's like it's a well, freaking kettle. That's, well, for, that's where you go to the yeah. coffee shop for and pay seven dollars for a pour over. Yeah, no kidding. Well, you're paying seven bucks because, as you can tell, it's it's this is no joke, you know, in terms of the uh, 
you know, in terms of the preparation, but we'll be the, the judge about the, the quality. The power and the, uh, okay, you know? So, all right, so you should be all set. Okay. All right, Franchise, you got yours? I got mine. Okay, yep. Okay. I'm very hot. Use it over to you. Just be careful. Thanks, Dad. Okay. All right. Cheers to Cheers. the first pour over of the Hipster pour Podcast. Over, yeah. I gotta say, it, it tastes, is tastes like the same. Wow, That's, are you tasting side by side? That is an inaccurate take. I can I already, I can tasted. already, I can I already taste a lot more, a lot more depth. Uh, the the other thing is is the uh, oh yeah. All right, you're right about the whoa. Yeah, 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 you're if right you about do, it. yeah, if you do it side by side, other, yeah, 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 you oh, can yeah. tell the difference. There's Oops, a, sorry. I think there's a lot more depth. Uh, I think I think the finish. Is a lot more. The finishes. I, you I get a lot that. more velvety finish. You yeah, get a. Yeah. It's a. It's a. It's a deeper, darker flavor. You know? It's like less cleaner. It's, yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. It's less metallic-y. It's more pure. You know yeah. those. Uh, you know those like water bottles that are metal that they give you at like a workplace if the people that you work for don't care about you, which is most corporations. Sure. Uh, <laughs> and like they give you those like metal water bottles that yeah. always taste like terrible metal. Right. There's a little bit more of that in the French press coffee than the pour over coffee. Right. I think if I had to guess, I think the filter yeah. probably non-bleached works a lot. Filters, non-bleached filters. Yeah. Oh, well, obviously. You have got to get the non-bleached kind. But I think that works out a lot of the a lot of uh, the 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 extra, you know, the, the metallic taste that you're talking about. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. The impurities yeah. of that's it. That's the that's the point of the filter, right? Filter um, out the terrible. Right. Things. So I think I think there's some of that. Um, but again, I just I don't know I don't exactly know what it is, but oh and fresh, I know you were talking about the electric kettle. Yes, that's what I use. And the reason I'm not a fan, I don't think you can maintain a good uh, temperature with the water in an electric kettle. For example, like you know, we just went to go mm-hmm. reheat that mm-hmm. this kettle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you well, can't really third. do that with the electric kettle. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so for yeah, me, you have to wait for it to like cool down and then reheat right. it again because it won't let you even. It turn won't it even. On yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. right. So for me, I just think just get a regular kettle. Yeah. And just get it hot as, s. Yeah. And and that's and, and to me, I, like you know when we you know when people do the whole Keurig or like the coffee maker sure. thing, right? Sure. Like, I think I really honestly think the biggest problem is that the water just doesn't get hot enough. Yeah. Well. Oh, I mean. The only time I use, and I do have a Keurig here, the only time I ever use an actual Keurig is in the, like, right in the morning when I get up and have to take the dog on a walk. I do use the Keurig to get, like, a, just yeah. one cup. Because it's quick. Yeah, because it, yep. because I'm a barely functional human being, Until I, you need get a little to, I need to hit, I need that, like, if I don't have the coffee <laughs> in me by the, like, second part of our walk there, I'm going to be, he's going to be dragging me. Right. So, yeah, I got to I gotta get that right in the morning. And then, of course... You know he doesn't. He's not gonna sit around and wait for. Uh, obviously, diva diva dog is not gonna sit around and wait for the f- like French press to be done. No, no, no. It'd be too, too time hard. consuming. Too yeah. Time. Yeah. All right. So what are the thoughts here? Again, uh, I think like you like you mentioned. I think I think the con, the biggest con is if you're in a group setting and you need to get you need to get like three cups of coffee going or yeah, four cups of coffee. Yeah. It's it's not manageable. Yeah. But if you're doing a solo cup, you know, not a, not a red solo cup. I'm right. just saying a regular one on one cup. Very clever. You're by yourself. Well, well done. <laughs> Alone, if you're by yourself alone, yes. Uh, I think this is the way to go. Okay, that would I'm be down. that would be my my take. Yeah, I like no, I I like this. this There's is, a definite difference in the flavor for sure. Yeah, it's better. All right, I'll say it. It's better. It's good. It's better. This is this is better. If you're looking for like a good 
quality cup of coffee, this is this is where you're going with the pour over. You you you've sold me. You sold me. you've sold the you your hipster approved here. Cheers. Well hipster done. Hipster approved. All right, I like it. It's official. Well, you bribed your way on the podcast. Yep, do you exactly. want to you want to at least while you're here, you want to talk talk, talk some football, talk some fantasy. Sure. So we just did a we just did a mock draft <clears throat> yeah, we did. for uh, for nfl.com. I think yep. it is up on the website nfl.com/ Fantasy Gelhar wrote up a little reactions piece uh, with his most surprising and most questionable pick of each round or whatever. Right. But anyways, ten teams, which is already lame. You've like completely lost my interest at this point. Ten teams, weenie stuff. Like wow. get more friends. I'll say, just get <laughs> look. If you're playing a ten team league, get two more friends. You you jabron. Or like, make the rosters hard. deeper. Or make the rosters deeper. Yeah. But so this is 15 round, ten teams. Standard you know, scoring. Standard I guess scoring. I mean, what's it really matter? Which standard for ESPN now is PPR. Oh, which is great. Oh, oh, we don't need to talk about that company on this yeah, podcast. Yeah. Uh, so, all right, let's go through the teams. So franchise had the first pick. Yep. Number two, Cynthia Freeland. Number three, Alex Gelhar. Number four, Elliot Harrison. Uh, Marcus Grant. Adam Rank. Michael Fabiano. James Coe. Me at number nine, and then Money at ten. Yep. So, Let's just go through the let's go burn through the first round here real quick. By the way, first pick, first overall surprises all around because <clears throat> noted Steeler Homer here. I thought for sure was going left belt, but he did not. He went right off the bat. Went David Johnson. Well, you know what? The Steelers drafted James Conner, and I think he's going to be on the field quite a bit. I don't think he is. I I think zero percent chance. I well, I agree. I think he I, sees less than five carries a game. Okay. I agree. I agree completely with James Coe. Throughout the Mike Tomlin era, and especially these last few years with Todd Haley, they have they've been like one of the few teams that plays their backs, you know, over ninety percent of the snaps, like routinely over eighty five percent at least. So I think Bell's going to be on the field as long as he's healthy. But you know, I think they're going to try to manage his workload earlier in the season and save him for a playoff run. Really? That'd See, be I, good. I could just I mean, he was touching the ball. Stupid amounts. Uh, like yeah. almost 40 times a game. It was insane. I could just as easily tell you. break down. I agree, but I could just as easily tell you the story where they just ride the hell out of him this year and then <clears> see <throat> you. You're out the door after sure. your con. Like, because he's in a, he's franchised this year, so I could easily see him just being bounced. But anyway, you're kind of splitting hairs when it comes yeah. to Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I went with David Johnson just because I like him a lot. And yeah, Lev Bell's a stealer, but you know. By the way, is there That's any, the pick is, I can, any, can any argument be made that's. That these three running backs off the top shouldn't be in the top three. I mean, I think you're between David Johnson, Lev Bell, and Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, it's it's a pretty hard proposition to crack that top three. I can yeah. easily make the case that you just take a like if you want to take a wide receiver over a running back. Yes. That's philosophically how you want to build your team. Right. And yeah, it's easily okay. just to say to go Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham, or Julio Jones if you want to do that. And I don't think that's crazy if you do. But I think most drafts will go those three. Yeah. I was debating should I take Brown number one overall. I would I love that. That would, that would, that would have been a nice yeah. spice. Right I was top, debating but, that in my head. Okay. But, but speaking right. of wide receivers, the first I think the first like questionable pick. Yeah. Is by Marcus Grant at number five, Mike Evans. Really? Why what do you guys? Question? I thought you, you love Mike Evans. I do. I love. I do love Mike Evans. But it has nothing to do with Mike Evans, the player. Okay. I have long defended. Like even when people were like, "Oh, he drops too many passes yeah, after yeah. his second season," I yes. was saying he's going to be a monster in his in his third year, and and sure enough, he was. Yes. His reception perception is totally clean. Uh, he runs every route mm-hmm. at an above average success rate, except one route on the route team. He's a fantastic player. I don't need to justify that to you people, but. The, the real question for me is, uh, like, 
the first half of the year when the Bucks were a bad team, he was much almost like DeAndre Hopkins. Think about two it this way: ago. two years ago in 2015, target right. vacuum, pummeled right. with targets. Yeah. When their defense started improving, <clears throat> when their uh, running game started improving in the second half of the year, I mean, at least they had Doug Martin there. He wasn't doing great, but whatever. That's when Evans kind of started to slow down, and I could see a situation like that occurring this year if the Bucks are a better team. And also, let's not forget, last year it was Mike Evans and Cameron Brait, basically, and nobody else. That's this right. year they brought in Deshaun Jackson. Yep. They brought in, they drafted Chris Godwin, even if he's not going to be a big factor. You know, it's a little something. Yeah. Uh, OJ Howard at tight end. Oh, huge. Cameron yeah. Brait's still there. Exactly. And there's, they still want to be a conservative run-oriented team. So unless this offense takes a massive step forward, I do not see... I don't think they want to be conservative, though. See, I I mean, I don't know if they want to be conservative, but I do think they... I don't necessarily think they want Jameis Winston to be dropping back and passing, you know, 65% of the time. You know what's funny? I think they do. Really? Perhaps. I I think they... Especially in his division, too, right? Like the NFC South. You can throw on every single team... In that division, there's not a single good secondary. I mean, even Carolina, I don't think they address their secondary at all. I don't think they need to. I think they have good players in the secondary, but, but they're, they're young. They're trash they're last at year. the beginning of the year, but they improved second half. But let's let's not get too much on the, on the Panthers okay. secondary. But I just don't think that Mike Evans has the same ceiling as like an Antonio Brown, Odo Beckham, and Julio Jones. Because I mean, let's not forget last year those guys. It was like a down year for top end wide receiver production in general, yes. and that's why Mike Evans was the wide receiver one with 170 right. targets. But which was like the lowest, yeah, which right? Was top yes. target. Yeah, yeah I wrote about like I wrote about this. Years, yeah, right? yeah. And but if you look at Brown, Beckham, mm-hmm. Jones, Beckham hasn't done it necessarily yet, but Jones and Brown have. But I think it's within Beckham's range of outcomes to have like a 180 target season where they lead the league in receiving yards, that sort of, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know if Evans has that in his range of outcomes. That's why he's a, ne- he's a next-tier wide receiver. I think for me, OBJ, I mean, I love the talent level, but, I mean, when you bring in a guy like Brandon Marshall, yes. right, I think he's going to be a little bit of a, of a target hog. And, you Ingram. Know, Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram is there. I don't know how much they're going to utilize him, but he'll, he'll, get, he'll get some targets. He'll get more targets yeah. than, than whatever, you know, tight end targets that they had before, right? So I think there's some questions, at least question marks as to, uh, the the target share that uh, OBJ is going to have. I don't know, man. I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't that surprised by the pick. I think I kind of liked it. I'm not necessarily surprised that it happened, but I can easily tell myself several stories about how we look back at that mm-hmm. and be like, "Yeah, that was not a you know goal. he's well, and yeah. not even that Mike Evans is going to be a bust, just that he might finish outside the top five wide receivers, and that wouldn't shock me one bit. And if yeah, you're, that's yeah. true. So move along, though. I mean, we don't need to spend time too yeah, much yeah. on all the studs, but. In the back half of the first round, I was picking ninth overall, yep. and as soon I was just basically in my head penciling, I'm taking AJ Green in this spot because yeah. I think nothing has changed about his outcome last year when I was really high on him as a potential top five wide receiver. Yeah. James Cook takes him <laughs> <laughs> early <laughs> tilt at eighth overall, right ahead of me, and I'm like, yeah. oh. And I got to tell you, the rest of the options when I look at that board after that, I didn't want to take. Any, I mean, right away, I, you know, I was already playing my usual shtick of, yeah. of what I, I, hate I, I hate everybody sort of yeah. thing but right away I'm like oh man I actually don't like any of the players <laughs> on the board so like you're looking at that point you're looking at DeMarco Murray LaShawn McCoy yeah. Melvin Gordon Jordan Howard like God, I'm not taking Jordan Howard that high zero percent chance that's happening but like all those running backs and then like the receivers are you know Des Bryant Jordy Nelson and a lot Michael of leagues go higher than DeMarco though Jordan, Jordan, Jordan Howard, Howard yeah. I agree I was a little surprised to see him fall to Fabiano in the second round yeah. but you know I, I wouldn't. I just don't think the Bears' offense. I mean, we, this is the same thing we did with Todd Gurley last year. Like he was great as a rookie, super efficient rusher. 
he can do it again on a bad offense. We saw how that ended. But right. but so, so I went with DeMarco Murray at ninth overall. I mean, again, splitting hairs between him, McCoy, and Gordon to me. Yeah. I but it's, I'm just saying it gets gross at the back half of the second round. Yeah, I love A.J. Green uh, this year, and uh, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that they, they added John Ross, John Ross on the outside. Yes. That, that vertical threat, they were just missing that. Big time. Oh, yeah. Last year. Yeah. And, and, and defenses were able to key in on A.J. Green. So I, I think I really like the upside for A.J. Green. We talk about, hey, you know, can it, it's one of those things where, you know, you talk about telling yourself a story. I could easily tell myself a story where this guy ends up being the wide receiver one in fantasy. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think he was he was having that season last year before he got hurt. That's I true. mean, we would have been like, yeah. And it's, it's the second year. I don't even know who the offensive court is. Zamp, Zamps? 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 Yeah. Zamp yeah. yeah. It'll be their second year in that offense, That's which true. usually, it I takes say this all yeah. the time, but, you know. Yeah. Look at Matt Ryan last year. Right. Yeah. That exactly. was the second year exactly. under the Kyle Exactly. And everything was clicking for the Falcons yeah. last year. And I think, uh, you know, with the added talent in the offense in Cincinnati, I can see A.J. Green coming back with a bang here. But you, Yuko, uh, went Melvin Gordon at your pick in the second round. And I have to say, after you took him there, I thought about backing it. I mean, I wasn't going to go running back, running back. That's just not my style. I went with Michael Thomas yeah. at my second round pick. But yeah. I got to say, when you, take, when you took Melvin Gordon off the board with your second round pick, I thought to my head, I was like, I could have easily taken Gordon over Murray at that, yeah, my first round yeah. pick and been completely fine with that. Because, right. I mean, Gordon crushed last year. Mostly on volume, oh, yeah. sure, but is there really any reason that he's not going to see that volume again? No. And I think the offense will be better this year. Mm-hmm. You know, I so I think there's going to be more scoring opportunities. I think his efficiency will be up. I don't, I don't necessarily know if his overall stats will be up, but I like his weekly floor. I like his role in the offense. I think the offense is going to be better. Hopefully, they can stay healthier this year. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I was actually hoping Michael Thomas. Uh, would fall to me there. Oh, so you and I are really doing a dance here. Oh, totally. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. Because I think Michael uh, Thomas... Michael Thomas is um, here. I think he... And, and I wrote about it in my top 100 uh, column that, that I put out last week. But I just feel like his ceiling is, you know, 1,500 and, and 12 to 15 touchdowns. Wow. I don't think... And, and again, that's in a super aggressive, but I'm just saying that's his ceiling. Yeah. That could be... That could literally be a, a league-altering type dude... Um, that you could get in the second round, and that's why I was. I have him in my top ten, mm-hmm. in my top one hundred, which is I. I would imagine probably the highest I'm going to see him go. Well, guys, here's here's let me here's the counter argument to Michael Thomas this year. This is what people will say to kind of talk him off that ceiling. The Saints never have like a target hog. Yeah. I, I, know, I don't remember the exact stat right now, but rarely do players see like over 140 targets with the Saints. Um, and that you know the Drew Brees offense typically spreads things around sure. as well, unpredictable week to week. But, and if I can just make that argument then talk it down, one, the Saints didn't really add a ton of options in the pass-catching court. They bounced Brandon Cooks. They brought in Ted Ginn, who I I think is a nice, you know, I think you've picked him in the late rounds franchise. Yeah, with my last pick, I think I took Ginn, or second to last pick. He's going to be a nice fit there. Love Willie Sneed. But they didn't really add anybody else of That's consequence right. in the pass catching Alvin court. Kamara, right? But we'll, we'll suck up some targets, but those are running back targets anyway. Certainly, but I and I also there's that. I also think the second layer of that argument is that. The Drew Brees Saints have never had a receiver like this. That's, that's, He's incredible. I just think talent level-wise, and, and again, the fact that they got rid of Brandon Cook, yeah. so the target share is, is at least available yeah. to him. And again, the, you mentioned the talent level, man. I just, you know, I buy the talent, I buy the offense. Um, 
And I and I love the upside. Yeah, and their defense is probably still not going to be great, so they're right. going to be might be trying to score a ton of points every week again. Yeah, uh, going through the rest of the second round, I mean, most nothing else sticks out too much to me. I don't know about you guys. The one thing I would say, the two guys that go in the second round that again zero percent chance I'm touching here: Todd Gurley and DeAndre Hopkins. I don't want to draft either of those players in the second yeah. round. I took T. Y. Hilton at the end on a turn there, and I wasn't confident about it, but I needed a receiver. To me, he was the best guy left on the board at that point. I like your turnaround pick, Leonard Fournette. Yeah, and then I went Fournette with my third to start the third uh, third round. Yeah. Can I can I just ask you about Leonard Fournette because sure. uh, when you know when you're on the turn, you got to just go get your guy. That's yes. always been my mantra. So forget about rankings for a second. You know you have yes. to you yeah, have you to gotta forget reach. about ranking. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. If yeah. you like Leonard Fournette, yeah. then you got to go get Leonard Fournette. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to see. I, I just wanted to get your take on why you like Leonard Fournette that early. Uh, I needed. I wanted another running back there. I didn't want to go wide receiver. Um, I like Fournette there. I've seen, I've been seeing Fournette go at the end of the first round in, wow. That's crazy. Crazy. in drafts, like on wow. Twitter and stuff. Like it's getting out of control. Yeah. I thought I was early in the third oh, round. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I'm seeing tweets of him going in the first round. So I think it's going to get a little bit out of control. We still got T.J. Yeldon back there, who might come in on passing downs. We'll see what kind of offense the Jags are running there. Like yeah. if Fournette can get those inside the five yard line. See if they're going to be any good. Period. Yeah. Right. He's catch so passes. The, there's a lot of question marks there in terms of the Jaguars' offense. Yeah. But if he's going to be the early down guy, he's going to get at least 15 to 20 carries a game. Preseason usage will be pretty important for yeah. me and Leonard Fournette just to see, like, are they going to get him involved in the screen game and the short passing game? Because I think that's the biggest question. Is he going to be just a two-down banger? You know, a lot of, like, scouts and everything had that kind of question about him. And it just, again, are the Jags – but they took him, you know, in the fourth overall. You'd imagine that they're going to make him a feature back. But right. uh, I got before we keep going with this mock draft, I'm feeling this coffee right now. That, that pour over, oh, that yeah. pour over hits you right away. Right oh, yeah. 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 I'm already, I already Woo. finished, I already finished my cup too because it was good. So <laughs> I don't know if we I talk. Agree. If I talk real fast, that's just how, that's just where we are. But anyways, I uh, did think about Gronk there at three, but I said, you know what, Gronk gets injured every year. Yeah, Gronk is too no, much man. of a risk. Third round though for nope. Gronk. Nope. I'll oh, see. Well, we'll talk. We'll talk more about injuries later. But not this yeah. year, man. I think tight end's gonna have a bounce back year this year. I'm yeah, just, we said I'm that not. last year too. I know. Literally said that last. It was position. a down year for tight ends. Yeah, yeah. I they, did a whole article died. on that. You yeah. did do that, but I love I love taking Gronk in the third round. That's a no brainer to me if if he's on the board. A couple other picks that were questionable to me in the third round. I feel like we're just being negative here, but you know when I see some great picks, I'll point those out too, I guess. But uh, Spencer Ware in round three. I was super surprised at that. I and this is another Marcus pick. Uh, I like Spence. I love Spencer Ware, yeah. the player. Yeah. Um, and I'm still in on him, likely being the lead back. I think the Kareem Hunt, and and it's funny because Marcus actually doubled up and went Kareem Hunt in yeah, round later. eight, which yeah, I yeah. also think is way too early. We, Rookies were out of control in this draft. I mean, for maybe sure. it's just because we just came off That's the NFL what it draft. Is. It's recency bias, it is. for sure. And it's all, like, rookie optimism yeah, is in yeah, the yeah. air. Like, I mean, for God's sakes, like, Jamal Williams in the eighth round? You give me a freaking break, but... <laughs> the feature right. back on the Green Bay Packers? Nope. He went earlier to James when uh, when he took Ty Montgomery in the fifth oh, round. But anyways... Wow. Spencer Ware in round Slander. three, I think, is aggressive. Also, Rank took Brandon Cooks in the third round. Can either of you guys make the case that the move to New England is a good thing for no. Brandon Cooks' fantasy value? No. Um, I can at least, you know, see a possibility where he becomes he breaks out and just becomes this this 
dope stud on the outside, I can at least see that possibility. Although, there's just too many targets. There's I was going to say, speed, man. in order for that to happen, he has to not only usurp Julian Edelman, who I think oh, is probably... He's washed. He... Look, uh, we been franchise saying that for years. Franchise and I spent coming through. We got on. We got on. <laughs> we, we got on. We, we got on TV with our negative Julian Edelman oh, take oh, for the first time. Blew up. With, this, with this hipster's <laughs> bit, but anyways, uh, I just think though that natural communication with with Edelman, like and Tom Brady, there's no way Edelman sees less than a hundred and fifteen yeah. targets, gross. and I feel like that's being conservative. There's also Gronk. There's also the running backs. Yeah. There's you know like there's bit players like Malcolm Mitchell and whatever. I just don't see the way that and not to mention the Saints passing play percentage wise are way way higher than the Patriots even last right. year when right. you know. And that's the other thing that the Patriots game plan from game to game so much yeah. that Cooks could not be part of the game plan that's on in certain weeks. Yeah, you know, and point. you're just never gonna know when it when it's gonna happen. That's I will I will say and because I, I talk about roster construction and and range of outcomes and making sure your your team flows well together. For rank specifically, he took Beckham and Des Bryant with his first two picks. So having Brandon Cooks as his wide receiver three is yeah. just like a weekly hammer essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I actually don't mind that. It's so, OBJ, Des Bryant, Brandon Cooks. He went one, two, three. So he went super heavy. Yeah, he yeah. went super heavy on And that's pretty I'm and, uh, and you know, in context, Cooks with those two wide receivers, I'm fine with it. Just Cooks in the third round in general makes me nervous. But not as nervous as Carlos Hyde, who Fabs went right after, and there's zero another zero percent guy I'm taking that high. Ah, I don't know. I mean the talent level's there, no? Talent levels there, you know. We talk. I don't really start thinking. I think about like injuries in the first four rounds, but after after round four, I could give a damn about injuries because yeah. most of your picks are you're already starting to get into like the wilderness there with Throwing your picks. Drugs. But, for sure, but for sure. you know, I would say at a third round pick, I'm at least considering like, all right, is this guy gonna miss some games? It's a little bit of a tiebreaker. Also. With the rumors that you know the 49ers are soured on Hyde, how yeah. much how much that Moving Kyle on. Williams, I mean Kyle, Kyle, Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan banged the table for Joe Williams. Right. I'm already marrying them together. Right. Also, this coffee is really good. I don't know if I mentioned that, but yeah, it's a new regime there. New Who regime. Yeah. they're going to be the Hyde. Also, they're going to the 49ers are going to suck. They're yeah. not going to be in run situations a lot. That's true. I can just see a lot of ways that people are going to say, "Well, look at Kyle Shanahan running backs, whatever," and then give that to Carlos Hyde. And I don't think that's going to be a great. Well, thing. it's uh, it's interesting too because last year a lot of his fantasy value was tied into garbage time, mm-hmm. which True. was crazy True. because they were just getting waxed on the field, right. but he would still pick up a lot of garbage time. And that's a Chip Kelly thing, though. He will run the hell out of the ball in Regardless, garbage time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, your pick though in the third round, uh, James, is interesting to me. You went Alshon Jeffrey. I don't think I love Jeffrey. The I mean I don't know. I like Jeffrey the player. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I'm taking – and I love the fit with Carson Wentz as a quarterback that exactly. is going to rifle the ball into tight coverage, but yep. I don't see a situation where Jeffrey returns that draft value. Well, I mean, look at what's left, though, right? Like, yeah. would, would you rather have Alshon Jeffrey, Doug Baldwin? Doug Baldwin, easy, oh, wow. who really? I went right no after. Way. What do you mean, no way? Doug Baldwin has done it two years in a row now. Okay. He's the clear one in Seattle – not even, I mean, there's no one there to, I mean, I love Tyler Lockett, but who, no, he's, he coming, might off not, major he's coming off a major injury. Yeah. Also, Baldwin is just that dude there. He has a great weekly ceiling and a good season-long floor. Like, there are some definitely some weeks where he's going to give you six for 50. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you play in a standard league, that's going to be a bit of a bummer to take. But we've seen him have blow-up weeks, too. Mm-hmm. I think, I, like, again, I think Doug Baldwin in the third round is a slam dunk that people aren't going to think is a sexy pick. That's true. But... I think that's. I think you probably hit it right on the head. I probably. Well, first of all, if you if you know my drafting style, I'm going. 
You're all about I'm sex appeal. Oh, totally. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to swing home runs every single time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you um, can see that with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Except when you take, get to Matt Forte. Yeah, there's, I know, but there, and that was like round like 12 or something. Right. But, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm swinging for it every single time. Um, like and that. that's probably, I, I think you're right. I mean, I, I think you're probably right that I, I just looked at Doug Baldwin as a completely unsexy pick, and I'm like, eh. That's fine. Let me just go for the home run here and try to get Alshon Jeffrey. Keenan Allen went right after him to money. I, I wanted him to. I yeah. wanted him to. But again, I, I just, you know. I probably would have taken know. Keenan in the fourth round if, if money hadn't taken him. But I think that's an appropriate range for Allen, who I still think is. I mean, the Chargers, Chargers wide receiver cores is pretty crowded, though, right now. Yeah. It is. I don't think we're going to see Allen have, like, be on the pace where he was on again on pace to catch 130 passes in right. 2015, but right. still a good pick at the back half of the third round. Yeah, first quarterback goes the end of the, at the beginning of the fourth round. Gross. So, so money's got Jordy Nelson and Aaron Rodgers. So I like the combo. He's got that stack there. Uh, like Jordy, the Jordy makes me nervous this year, man. Mm-hmm. I went back and charted his his 2016 season, obviously for reception perception and. Well, you didn't listen to me, bro. He's dead. I and know. He had one of the best seasons. After I wrote that, he went crazy. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It just oh, makes man. me a little nervous. I went with Terrell Pryor in the fourth round. Um, That's interesting. What do you guys think about that? I like it. I mean, he I walks into interesting. He, he walks into a great situation. Great yeah. situation. I think he has a bit of a f- freaky floor from yeah. again, but talking about making your. I don't know. You think so? I, Who else is going to catch passes? Well, right? if Josh Doxon asserts himself, which is nope. a big if, <laughs> okay. Uh, Jameson Crowder is there. I love. Yeah. I think Crowder could easily be a ninety catch guy this season. There's yeah. Jordan Reed, but They're I love throw it five hundred times though. I mean, that's what, right. That's the thing, you know. Yeah. The upside with Terrell Pryor from a season long perspective is is definitely there. I think hundred percent. If you look at the routes that he excels on, those slants and crossers, those are perfect for Kirk Cousins. Yep. Um there's obviously a ton of available volume there. Also again you talk about making your rosters kind of go together, your players fit well together. Doug Baldwin mentioned super safe that I took. I think Michael Thomas also super safe has a high ceiling too and DeMarco Murray. Those are pretty those are pretty good like triples at at, at worst. And then you take a big swing with Terrell Pryor there in the fourth round. I wanted to, I wanted Terrell Pryor there in the fourth But you round. took Marshawn Lynch. I mean, I took Marshawn Lynch because, again, it's like, you know, what is the upside there? The floor is ridiculously low. I mean, he could be completely done. Bad. He could be completely toast right. and just give you absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, that being said, you know, I, I also think that in the range of outcomes, I think a double-digit touchdown ceiling is totally doable behind that gigantic offensive line. I don't know what kind of shape he is. <laughs> I mean, Murray, Latavius Murray did it last year, and he wasn't even that good. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, exactly. If, for him to have a good if game. this is a guy that can average, you know, four yards to carry, which I don't think that's aggressive, and they give him, you know, um, I don't think he's going to get 200 carries, but, sure. you know, if he gets, like, somewhere in that, like, 165 to, to 180 range, yeah. mm-hmm. um, I don't know if he holds up, but, I mean, again, I, certainly the, the possibility is there uh, for, for a high ceiling. But, again, I mean, look, it, you're fooling yourself if you don't think the, the floor for that guy is, is zero. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like where we were at last year with Arian Foster, right? We Everyone, he crept up into, like, the fifth round in ADP yeah. by yeah, the yeah, time yeah, the yeah. season started. Pairing him with Adam Gase. Right, right. Yeah, right. exactly. And right. there was so nobody was taking over in that backfield, and J.J. didn't travel with the team in week one and sure. all that stuff. But I can see, hopefully, Marshawn Lynch doesn't break down by week five. But and plus, I just love Marshawn possible. Lynch. I know. Yeah. Me too. I know. I mean, the bottom line is, I mean, some of these picks, like, I mean, obviously I'm swinging for home. Yeah, it's like, it's some of it's fun, though. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's like, exactly. It. I like Marshawn. Don't, don't take this. Yeah, you got beast mode on your team now. <laughs> yeah, I dig it. Um, going through the rest of the fourth, the fourth round here, most things are pretty, I mean, 
Fab took Demarius Thomas. By the way, Fabiano's team is like just chalk, 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 chalk. Big names everywhere. Big names everywhere. They fell a couple of rounds. Like, oh, here's a, here's a, he's a guy that probably could have gone around earlier. He's a big yeah. name. Take him. Anyways, he's choking on Deion Lewis. Yeah, that it was... It doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. But at least if J.D. Nelson. Mm-hmm. Calvin Benjamin in the 11th round. Gross. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyways, but any other picks kind of stand out to you guys? Franchise, you went Joe Mixon. You, went, you got two rookies there. Yeah, I went Fournette in the third and Mixon in the fourth. I just think Mixon is going to be incredible this year in Cincinnati we already talked about their offense opening up a bit um, I think he's going to take over Hill's job in camp and Gio Bernard's coming off a knee injury and Joe Mixon can be can I ask you guys about that can you so, so like I think um, so my initial take was Joe Mixon would take Gio's job but it seems as if everyone is saying no Joe Mixon's going to take Hill's, Jeremy Hill's job Hill's because Hill sucks. His effectiveness has been on decline for two years in a row now. Been one of the worst backs the so last long, two years. Completely inefficient. The only reason he holds any fantasy value is because he's a goal line back and he gets those touchdowns. Um, and I think Mixon is just light years ahead of him in terms of talent and you know skill set. Mm. So, yeah, I, mean, I think Hill's running out of time there. And if he can't put it together this year, they're just going to throw Mixon in that yeah. role. And Hill he's needs to take have a away. big time training camp preseason. He has to have you know. Best shape of his life, sort of off season yeah. kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, but which actually, could totally happen. By could, the way, could it could be a real messy backfield, but yeah, I think I think Mixon ends up taking the reins sooner. Than what do you guys think later. about C.J. Anderson in the fourth there? With they got Devontae Booker, they the Broncos signed Jamal Charles. Like, yeah, we haven't talked about there? Jamal Charles yet on this podcast because no. other than the, our first episode, we called everybody washed, <laughs> which is pretty on pretty on brand. C.J. Anderson, Devontae Booker, and, and Jamal Charles. I don't know. I mean, obviously, a lot of it's going to depend on the health of Jamal Charles. I mean, yes. I know that's a cop out, but but it's true. Uh, but I it's mean, true. I mean, if he's healthy, forget said. about it. Like he's going to take he's going to take this backfield. You know? I don't know if he takes the backfield, but he makes it much more interesting than it, it it was last year. I think he takes it if he's healthy. I don't know if he's healthy at all. I mean, he's had two knee surgeries in in, in what five years or whatever. Yeah, right. he's he's the one that I think. I don't want to say. I mean, just I just I think he's probably done. I agree. I mean, I think he's probably done. But, you know, again, I, I'm not 100% sure. And I think the offense is going to take, by the way, the Denver offense is going to take a gigantic step back. And they took a step back last year. But, um, you know, no Kubiak there. Um, I, I, I think people are forgetting that Kubiak's not there. Yeah. Right. And, and the people, I think people are forgetting the fact that Kubiak is truly one of the best quarterback developers uh, to ever coach in the NFL. And he was able to take random guys and turn them into you know you know not not high quality starters but certainly startable quarterbacks. Hello, Brock Osweiler. Yeah, right, right, right. Was a top fifteen quarterback under Kubiak. When he left Kubiak's you know firm gaze, the guy became absolute hot garbo. Train wreck. Yeah. Right. So like so now what are we looking at in terms of the quarterback room there in Denver? I don't know. I mean Vance Joseph, Mike McCoy, um, they'll be able to. I, I I like Mike McCoy as an offensive coordinator, but. I mean, let's not, you know, undersell the fact that Kubiak's not there. I think Denver's really going to – their offense is going to be really bad this I think year. there's already drama with the quarterbacks, right? They don't well, they, Paxton you know, Lynch, Paxton Lynch, there's some whispers about, yeah, his Waldman work ethic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Trevor Simeon, I, I like Trevor Simeon enough, but it could – like you said, it could be a pretty Trevor dumpster Simeon fire was offense. Trevor Simeon was just hard to watch last year. He's hard know. to watch, but he's fine. 
He's fine. Yeah, but again, he's like the, the fine does not help your fantasy players. No, but I think sure. he was fine with Kubiak. Just right, like I think right, Brock right, Osweiler, right, Osweiler right. was fine with Kubiak, too. I like Mike McCoy as an offensive coach, though. Not as a head coach, but as an offensive coach. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you know, Brock Osweiler went to a pretty good situation. I thought, everyone thought, actually, going to Houston, uh, working with Bill O'Brien, who's also, you know, a noted quarterbacks guy, and he could not get anything mm-hmm. out of Brock Osweiler. Just like I don't think... I mean, Mike McCoy might be a good offensive coordinator. I think he is. I like him. But will he get the level of quarterback play out of out of his quarterbacks, whoever that might be? I don't think it's going to happen. I think Denver's going to really, really struggle this year. It's, uh, it's worth a conversation, that's for sure. Um, kind of just... Let's go through our own rosters real sure. quick. Franchise, who is your... After we after the guys we've talked about there in the first like four or five rounds, who is your favorite pick of yours? I can't believe I was able to get Randall Cobb in the tenth round. Crazy, he's still around. Yeah, I mean, a, a wide receiver in the Packers had a down year last year because of injury. Um, I think that's just really good value that late. That's that's what I say about him there. Your your running back are David Johnson, Leonard Fournette. Your RB one and two, which is yeah. super good. Yeah. Uh, your wide receivers would be. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, Jarvis Landry, and or Martavis Bryant, right. which I think is excellent. Well, and I love, the, again, I keep talking about making your picks go together. I love the idea of like a Jarvis Landry. Like you pretty much know what you're getting out of him on yeah. a week-to-week basis. And yeah. then there's Huge the hammer of Martavis Bryant. Yeah. Right, right, right. So, yeah. and then, and then you know, and then you've got Cam Newton as your quarterback, which I think is fine. Um, you know, and then... You got him some weapons in the draft. Yeah. You know what I mean? O.J. Howard there as your tight end, right? So... Yeah, that was a bit of a speculative pick. Yeah, that, that's one I could see being a... You're looking for a new tight end. But, I mean, I, like, I was, like... You know you're going to get out of Kyle Rudolph who didn't get drafted. There's Zach Ertz sure. didn't get drafted. Like, there's these guys... Yeah, Eric Ebron, maybe I could have made a case for. I mean, exactly. I mean, the, the bottom line is you're going to do at the tight end position what everyone is going to end up yeah. doing by week six anyways. Right. Which is scanning the straight, way you are. Straight. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's right. like... So I was going for upside with the yeah, prospect of I agree. recency bias from yeah, the draft. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. And I don't then, hate it. you know, James White, Josh Doxson, Ted Ginn, and Wendell Smallwood were my last four picks that... They're kind of sleepers. I don't know when I'm ever going to use James White. If Josh Doxson uh, comes through, that'll be good. And then the other guys are just kind of darts. All right, Co. what about you? Favorite favorite pick of yours? A couple favorites that you liked of yours after uh, that round four range? Man. I mean, you you went for a lot of I went swings. for a lot of home runs. Yeah, I mean, Ty Montgomery, Dante, uh, Dante Moncrief. Samaj P. Ryan, which is 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 I I know I reach for P. Ryan. Yeah, but I like I'll the tell pick, you, though. I like the pick. I'll tell you that's the one of the few rookie picks that were made that I wasn't like that's disgusting. Yeah, I think he's going to walk into a pretty big show. I mean, like you know, obviously right now it's it's Robert Kelly's quote unquote he's the starter, right? Yeah, but it's I, like man, listen, man, if you've seen P. Ryan run, there's just he's no. Oh my god, yeah. he's, he is legitimately good. The reason he got passed up. Look, he got passed on the on the he, the reason he wasn't a an absolute beast in college was a he's a great he's a he's a good locker room not a good lock he's a great locker room guy mm-hmm. so when Joe Mixon passed him on the depth chart he did everything he could to actually help Joe succeed right yeah. he never complained about his role there uh, in that backfield at all and That's plus cool. they were uh, they were a very pass heavy um, offense there in, in Oklahoma so I just think. When he gets into a system, and I know Washington is also pretty pass heavy as well. Yeah. But, but they do gets, have a big like road grading offensive yes, line too. Yeah, that's exactly and, right. And they have pretty much shown that they do want to also have kind of a power back there too. With that's who Matt Jones was supposed to be. Yep. That's who Rob Kelly is. Yep. 
I, so I see how it goes. Like Gruden wants a little bit of both those elements, a little bit of spread, high-octane pass offense, but also a big power offensive line. I mean, when he got to Washington, scrapped that zone run scheme right away and yeah. went to a power scheme, and yeah. I think P. Ryan fits right, too. Man, anyway. I'm excited about P. Ryan. Um, He's a I'm cast iron pan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we'll tell you, your best pick though is Willie Sneed in the tenth round. That's pretty late. That's, uh, that's pretty late. That's a total yeah, because he's going to be he's going to be a target monster too. Um, you know, I, it, we have uh, we've talked about. I'm sure you guys have talked about Cleveland, but um, Corey Coleman to me, I, I just think, man, look, I, like I think I think all those assets there in Cleveland are going to be undervalued. I think Crowell is going to fly free this year. Um, I think Corey Coleman. <laughs> Um, I don't see any way that dude doesn't see a minimum of 120 targets. Yeah, I don't I'm see with you it. there. If, if, if as long as he's healthy and you know, I mean, there's the Josh Gordon factor. But <laughs> stop, stop. <laughs> it's May. Even if even if Gordon is there, yeah, though, I, think, I still I think, think Cor- I think Steve, they want this to be yeah. Coleman's gig. Um, and I just think you know they made great improvements on the offensive line. Yeah, I, I wrote about it in my top 102, and I know I, I was hearkening back to a different era. But in 2007, they they added the Cleveland Browns added a mm-hmm. lot of offensive line talent as well, including drafting a fellow by the name of Joe Thomas, who's probably a Hall of Famer. Yeah. So um, I think they've similarly addressed the offensive line this year. I'm investing heavily. I I was shocked to see Braylon Edwards numbers. Uh, in that 2007 yeah, that year, crazy year, 16 touchdowns for Braylon Edwards. I'm not saying Corey Coleman's going to get there, but I just think the upside is there. And to take him that late, um, I just I, I don't see how he doesn't finish as a top 30 wide receiver this yep, year. Totally. Eighth round pick. I love it. Um, well, I got to tell you guys, I love my team. I think well, my team. No, you you caught some yes. flack on Twitter for taking Amir Abdullah and Paul really, Perkins in the, what was that, the fifth and I'll seventh rounds? I'll tell you what, Twitter was, was with me. It was the. Jokers in the draft room that you were. I don't think Twitter was with you, bro. Twitter, no. was, Twitter was with no, you. Well, okay, let's talk about Amir Abdul in the fifth round. Yeah, okay. I talked about Sorry. this right off the bat because a lot of people are like, well, do, can you trust him to stay healthy? I'm like, no. Well, but he's played all 16 games as a rookie. That was two years ago. <laughs> yeah, so, but that's so? so. Why does that matter any less than just because we saw it last year? Uh, because first of all, he's a smallish back. Second of all, he's got fumbling problems. And, and third of all, like even when we saw him most recently, he didn't look good. Oh, he was good in that first game out. out yeah, he played well. One game. Two games, technically, and then he got hurt in the second one. But I'm saying, if he stays healthy, again, and after the fourth round, I could give a damn about injuries. Like okay. you're already getting into, like I said, getting into the wilderness. Things happen. Detroit did not address their running back situation at all during the draft. So they they said right after the draft, he is our starter. I think he can easily see 200 touches this year. He's Mm -hmm. a big play back. You know, again, he's going to be alongside a really strong wide receiver core here for me and a a safe RB1 in DeMarco Murray. So I think Amir Abdullah has just as much of a chance to be a breakout player this year as at any other point. It's an offense that's that scores a lot of points pretty well. So I But do I, you feel confident with him as your RB2? I mean it's that's, a, it's, a, it's I, a, I just don't think he's going to be an RB2. Agree. I can tell myself plenty of stories how he is an RB2 and yeah, it's a more volatile pick, but right. again, in context with taking Murray as a like a real rock solid one, I'm fine with that. And and going more wide receiver heavy. Paul Perkins, though, I didn't understand why this. I mean, I know that like you guys kind of ripped on me because last year I ripped on. You I ripped on things Paul, to say Paul Perkins, Perkins right? <laughs> because because last year it didn't make a damn bit of sense okay. why people were so crazy about like a day three rookie coming in and like 
They, they had a plenty of other – Shane Agreed. Green, Rashad no, Jennings. No, this year they said he's the starter. And I in agree. the seventh round, why not take that stab on an, on an offense that has added a lot and as long as Eli Manning's not dead, which is possible, I they should be a pretty good offense. Like I'm totally talking out of my ass here, but I really think that Eli Manning was hurt last year and he didn't let anybody know. Could, could be. Because the it way does. he was moving around did not, to me anyways, look like a normal Eli Manning. And keep in mind, he's got that Iron Man streak going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's funny how those streaks have a life of their own. You know what I'm saying? Sure. They get in your head. Yeah, yeah. you know? So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he's healthy this year. Eli Manning has a big-time uh, bounce-back season. I just could, think, could be. I just think the Giants wanted to improve their pass-catching core, which they did in free agency in the draft with Brandon Marshall and Evan Ingram. And I think that's they're going to be their focus on offense. Like the run game is secondary to them. Oh, totally. But again, the reason we were killing you is because of the whole Paul Perkins, you know, narrative, but also, you know, actually looking through it though. I mean, look at, there's not that many running backs that even went after that. You know what I'm saying? So no, it gets, it gets gross. It gets, oh yeah. If there's real gross, real fast. And you took, and you took a quote unquote starting running back. So, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. He was pretty much like looking around the list. He was the last, I mean, in the for God's sakes, next round, Jamal Williams, Kareem Hunt, like nope, these nope. guys, give Rookies. me, give me a break. Like they could easily. Jeremy McNichols rank took in the ninth round. Oh, what, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> the first, the Whoa. first, one of the first things they said about him was, uh, yeah, if he makes a team, like, and I'm sure he, I think he's gonna make yeah, yeah, the yeah. team, but like right. that's yeah. And I don't know, I Stefan Diggs, slam dunk, eighth round, love that pick. Frank yeah. Gore, boring as hell, but listen, dude, ninth round, <laughs> whatever, Take like it. yeah, uh, Hunter Henry, I. I think Hunter Henry can easily start to get overdrafted as we get into August and all that, but in the tenth round, fine with that. Sure. And a lot of other guys that like are, I think, are kind of like those post-hype potential players, like Jordan Matthews. I think. Love it. I think Jordan Matthews can have a big year this year. I think the fact that they added Alshon Jeffrey actually helps. Yeah. Jordan Matthews because and he's a Smith slot. Too. Oh yeah. yeah, he's a. I mean, Jordan Jordan Matthews is a slot receiver. He's yeah. a big slot guy. Um, he does. They were trying to force him outside, and I don't think it worked. I hot think, hot I think take here. I can. I would not be surprised. I mean, I'm not going to project this to happen. Don't do it. I would not be surprised Jordan Matthews has a better year statistically than Alshon Jeffrey. Well, don't do it. Come on, We'll see. We'll see. It it wouldn't be surprising. It would be surprising. I like the pro-size pick. Kamar Aiken in the 15th round. Okay. Yeah, that was a good pick. Everyone forgot about him. What? What What are you talking about? You obviously haven't been paying attention to the news, bro. Just, no. Chris Ballard said, not only did we bring him in to challenge Philip Dorsett, but oh, also to geez. push Dante Moncrief. Oh, jeez. Hmm? Just saying. Nope. Whatever. But anyways, any other things you guys want to get off about this draft? Like some, maybe some overall themes that people should think about as we're here in way too early May talking about this? Well, I, I found that good wide receivers went late. Yeah, everyone went running backs earlier. Yeah. Because, so I think that's a... last year was... Yeah, so skewed towards running backs. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's a trend that, that you can probably ride... Uh, if you're trying to if you're trying to stretch out a wide receiver pick, mm-hmm. I think you can do it. And I think another big takeaway is the quality quarterbacks that were left on the board. That's lame. Ben Roethlisberger, year though. Derek I mean. Carr. No, it is. I, something needs to be happen there. Yeah. It does because if fantasy football is supposed to you know have some reflection on the real game, yeah, we can't keep doing this to ourselves. You, you know what I mean? Super flex I or think we can. Or... You know, I don't know if that's the answer. It's like I said. You know, Harmon and I were talking about this off pod, but oh. I just think. I Sorry, just think, you were late. Yeah, yeah, no, seriously. Trying to box me out. Yeah, you were late. Much. Oh, okay. All right. I, I do. I, I think the turnovers. I think turnovers have to be uh, counted, weighted much more heavily. 
you know, like even if you wanted to go like, uh, even if you wanted to keep touchdowns the same, I, I've been advocating a, a six four scoring system. Hmm. So six points for every passing touchdown too. Um, and then, you know, negative four for turnovers. Right. And when you have something like that, Blake Bortles all of a sudden does not become a top 10 quarterback, right? right? Like he right. moves down to like 15, which right. I think is much more in line with his actual real value. You know what I mean? And then it becomes, and then, and then, doubling the negatives. Yeah. And then, and then it becomes guys like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady who don't throw a lot of picks. Those guys become much more valuable. Yeah. They rise to the top. You know what I mean? And I, I feel like that actually, I feel like that is, is more indicative of the actual game, you know? So I don't know. Something's got to change there, man. It it gets annoying that all these good quarterbacks are just left off the board. Yeah. I mean, the one, you mentioned like how can we make this more you know indicative towards the game? I think the one thing we could just accept is that fantasy is just a completely different entity. I don't really think it has much to but do. But do you with... want to play it that way? I don't know whether you do or not. Or I think we could at least admit that it's probably been that way for a lot longer than we'd like to admit. Yeah, I don't know. But I just I, I like hear, I said, but I totally hear your point. And I think you mentioned that you're going to probably write a piece about that on yeah, NFL.com. Yeah. So I think listeners definitely make sure you're checking out NFL.com/co to be ready for that. But any other takes? I, I mean, I kind of already said my piece on that just way too many rookies went went way too high. I mean, I, t- I took Tyrell Williams in the 13th round, and uh, Elliot took Mike Williams at, at, at the 8th round. And I think that's just like a perfect example of right now, and this might not, this is probably not going to be the case later on, but like right now, people are just projecting way too many things that are completely unknown. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. We gotta, it's it's May. Yeah, it's May. Yeah, we'll see some we'll see some preseason action, and then that that stuff will start to to, to equalize out. No doubt. But I think we we got we got some good takes here. Oh yeah. yeah, it was a fun mock. Yeah, it was. It was fun. Yeah. It, was, it was enjoyable. Um, well, anyways, James, we want to thank you for coming on to discuss this mock or whatever, but mostly mostly to enlighten us about the pour over coffee. <laughs> this That's was right. great stuff. You still this are drinking yours? I, oh. The garbage. Wow. Yeah, I should just probably just throw this in the trash. How quickly yeah. life has changed for you guys. I love it. Yeah. Well, listen. I, I take a lot of pride in this. this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I got to be honest with you. You got I'm, some hipster cred now. I'm not doing this whole pour over thing because that's an awful lot of effort. And, I, you know, I'm going to slam back. Oh, this this is like an <laughs> artillery. You're like a you're like a nice little like nice little no, no, this exact is a, rifle no, no, shot. No, no, this is a sniper shot. Yeah, yeah, it is. And yeah. I, I it's need a lot stronger. Yeah, I need to be smacked in the face with right. a rocket in the morning. I got you. And that's what this French press okay. does. So I'll probably be sticking with the French press. But I can at least admit that you were right. Quality cup of coffee that was better. Okay. All right. Well, anyways, listeners, you can always, of course, follow James Co. at James D. Co. on Twitter and listen to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Can I get? I can I get a quick Harmon uh, Co. impersonation before I leave? Oh, by the way, we had James <laughs> Coe on today. and uh, Whoa, who is that? Is that me? Is that who? Who is that speaking? Well, it's hard to say. Jeez. Oh, jeez. Oh, boy. All right. Oh, oh, boy. Oh, all right. We're all right. done here. We're getting out of here. Oh, see you later. That's good. <laughs>All right, everybody, we want to remind you about the sponsor of today's show. It's the Duchamp's Grooming Company. Their vintage-inspired, handmade grooming products for the modern-day man are incredible. They have a fantastic beard oil and beard balm to get your facial hair looking just right. They also have a hair wax to make you look stylish as, as all get out, or even a little bit of lip balm there that's scented very nice. Now, For the ladies out there, if you still want to grab some products from them, which we encourage you to do so, they have plenty of kits to get your loved ones a present. All these handmade products are awesome. I use them every day. I have them in my pocket right now. They even have a signature scent. 
Um, you can find all this stuff at the online shop at www.duchampsgroming.co. That's duchampsgrooming.co. They have an online shop and follow them on Instagram, duchampsgroomingco, and on Twitter at duchampsgroomco. Find them, follow them, retweet them, and buy their stuff. All right, let's get back to the show. All right. All right, well, we want to thank James again for stopping by. Uh, I got to tell you, still feeling a little bit wired from that coffee, man. Oh, right to the veins. It was good stuff. Right in the veins. Love it. I'm <laughs> wired. <laughs> that was outrageous. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, it was awesome. It was a good time testing the coffee. I had a good time talking about the mock draft, too. Good to see James Coe. I mean, everybody knows I hate fantasy, but that was pretty fun. Yeah, it was fun. Right. It was nice to roll out of bed and do a mock. Something I don't hate, though. What? You know, like we talked about at the top of the episode, looking good. Right. And we've got another thing to tell you how our listeners can look real good. Franchise, hit them with it. Yeah, I mean, we're wearing the shirts right now. It's by a company called Flag and Anthem. They do a men's clothing line. They make clothing for guys who are too busy enjoying life to obsess about micro trends like me and Harmon. And they make classics that are always cool. So go to flagandanthem.com. And go to the shop, check out the new arrivals. They got plaid shirts, they got solid color button up short sleeves, they got polos, they got shorts for the summertime, they got chinos, they got everything you need to look good for the spring and summer coming up. And for our listeners of the Fantasy Hipsters podcast, we have a 25% off promo code for your first order at flagandanthem.com. Just enter the code Fantasy Hipsters, one word upon checkout on your first order, you get that 25% off. Restock your closet, and while you're at it, go follow Flag and Anthem on Instagram and Twitter at Flag and Anthem Co. It doesn't cost you anything. They need the help on their socials. Plus, they do uh, unannounced sales on Twitter all the time. So to find those, you got to be following them. So go follow them on Twitter, follow them on Instagram, and get yourself 25% off at FlagandAnthem.com. Love it. Well, all right, franchise. Let us know who we should be listening to this week. All right, so I'm gonna do a little bit of a uh, a veer from my from my norm here. I usually talk about one artist the whole time, but there's a lot of really good music coming out right now. It's summertime, almost summertime, um, so I've been listening to a few new songs. Uh, one is by a guy who you guys might know. His name is Dan Auerbach. He is the lead singer of the Black Keys. So obviously, mm-hmm. people who are hip to bl- the Black Keys know his work. He has. Um, he has a solo project he does under his own name, um, and he just put a new song out called King of a One Horse Town, and it's just got a really cool vibe. He's a really good songwriter. It's a little folk, folk rocky, but like electric guitars. You'll recognize his voice. Check out that song by Dan Auerbach, King of a One Horse Town. He has, has another project called The Arcs. Yeah, he's, is, he's got like three things going on. Yeah, he's a musical mastermind. I yeah, mean, these guys cool. just pump tunes out all the time. Um, the second... Uh, group that I want to talk about is an all-female group. I believe they're all sisters. Their name is Haim. I love this one. I love this song. AJ, I, and they're great. They're, they've been good for a while now. Yeah, and they kick ass, dude. Yeah. I've seen them live and they just they rock on stage. Oh, they all great. play their own instruments. The lead singer's voice is just awesome. Um, okay, so they're called Haim. It's spelled H-A-I-M, all caps. The name of their new song is called Want You Back. They put their debut album out 
I think it was 2013. Mm -hmm. It was 2013. Yeah. Haven't really done much since. Now they're back on the map. I'm pretty sure they're going to be on SNL soon. Check out Haim's new song, Want You Back. And then the other band I want to talk about, and you can go ahead and call me Top 40 Chai's if you want. But look, I've never been into this band, Paramore. Everyone knows who they are. They're mainstream. Oh. They put two new songs out recently that are much different than their pop punk sound. They're, hmm. they're more dance poppy. It's not as uh, guitar driven. It's more percussion driven. And they're catchy as hell. And what's her name? Haley Williams, the yep. singer. The chick with the red hair. Her voice is just incredible. And I know I'm late to the party here. I've never liked Paramore. I've made fun of Paramore in the past. But these new songs got me hooked. They're called uh, Hard Times and Told You So. Are you're you're rocking songs. a little post-hype sleeper thing here. I right? am. I am. Everyone knows who Paramore is. I, I tweeted about this a couple times. People have... Dude, people love Paramore, man. Hmm, interesting. Uh, one person tweeted at me that their last record that came out in 2013 saved her life. So Wow. I mean, I dude, it. music reaches people in different ways, and it it's does. really awesome. And I realize I'm late to the party here, but these new Paramore songs have me hooked. So I'm a Paramore fan now. I dig it. You know, it's funny you talk about music affecting people. If you... The Heim especially. Yeah. Their first, I think, like, big song was... Um, Oh, how do you, I can't. I know that. I know. I like the title is like right on the tip of my tongue, but it's uh, days are gone. No, it's like the wire. Yes, the wire. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's it. Yeah, yeah. It's like I, it's all about like the this this like person that like I guess they're in a relationship or whatever, and it's like right at the like right at the wire. Like I guess the time to make the like make the jump into mm -hmm. a serious sort of thing. They they jump back out. Yeah. They like they bail on the other person, and now this new song is almost like. To me, like, this is just the way my mind works or whatever, but, like, it seems like kind of almost a continuation of, like, the next, like, now the person wants, that makes wants sense. them back. Want you, you back. You hear, the, you hear the lyrics of the song. Listen to the two of them together. I did that the last couple of days, and it, it almost kind of makes sense. I don't know if it's intentional by them or not, but it makes some sense. I gotta, I gotta do that. Yeah, I haven't done that yet. Yeah, this is the way my mind fills in the blanks or whatever, but... Um, speaking of things that my mind likes, I'm doing a lot of speaking of the things lately, and it's probably not that cool. But anyways, <laughs> beer. My yeah, what's your beer pick, My bro? beer pick of the week, and this one, shout out to TJ Hernandez, a uh, fellow fantasy writer for 4 for 4. Met him a couple of times when he's come up, here, come up here to L.A. He and I grabbed lunch and beers, mostly beers, uh, before the, uh, the day of the NFL draft, the first round. He was up here uh, cool. for the weekend, so he and I hung out, um, and he brought me a growler full of beer from Thorn Street Brewery in San Diego. Awesome. Um, and the title of the beer... Hello there, or uh, pardon me, Mister Perfect. What? He said he's like this works for you because <laughs> you know obviously uh, yes yeah, it works. So anyways, uh, so you can see it's like off their. I got the card here that he that he yeah. brought with the growler. It's like off their normal list or whatever. Huh. So is so a really it's truly hipster. Very hipster. It's the secret menu. It's a good beer. It's like a Belgian amber ale sort of thing, but um, it, it's like 6.8 ABV, so it's a little bit stronger than most like typical amber ales, which are kind of in like the five range or whatever. Mm -hmm. But um, I really like it. Good red color. It, it's a good, easy drinkable beer. And again, the title was just uh, I thought very funny that he trolled me with uh, with that while also giving me a gift of beer. So hey, works. What's the name of the brewery again? Uh, it Thorn? is Thorn Street cool. Brewery in San Diego. Looks like it's uh, near a Sprint store. 
On the map, I'm looking Near at... Near a Sprint store? Looks like, yeah, well, on the map, I'm looking <laughs> good to, at... Good to know. No, that might not actually be accurate, but anyways. All um, right. It's, it's, a, it's, a good, it's a good beer. Um, hoping to get down to San Diego soon and check out a lot more of those breweries because they've got a lot of good ones down there. They do. They do. Yeah, That's I'm, awesome. Been here for almost two years now. I've never made it down to San Diego. Same. I've been here for four. Wow, there we go. Well, Losers. We'll have to make a fantasy hipster strip. Yeah. But anyways, that's the show for this week. Cool. Good one. You got anything uh, coming up this week that you want to plug? I don't think I do. I'm pretty uh, pretty dying down after the draft. It's a nice kind of breather here. I think I got to get into doing some more mocks and feel mm-hmm. out some ADPs and maybe get into some MFLs, but nothing official. Yeah, it's that time of year. I'm just mostly finishing up reception, perception stuff, but I will be in Canada this weekend. Oh. Montreal. Bachelor leave. party? Yeah, for a bachelor party. So... Those are the winds of change. We'll be up there for a bachelor party this uh, this weekend, leaving Thursday out of L.A. So, again, I know I mentioned this in a previous podcast, but if any listeners out there have any recommendations, tweet at me or email the show, fantasyhipsters at gmail, and uh, give me some recommendations of where to eat, drink, or, you know, get into trouble. Yeah, eh? Lame. Anyways, so that's that's it uh, for, for us. Uh, we... Big thanks to James Coe. Big thanks to James Coe for stopping by. That was an awesome segment. And big thanks to everybody listening out there. Um, if you could continue to share the show, rate and review on iTunes, that would be real sweet of you. Yeah, and uh, you know, support our sponsors. Please do. Do Champs Grooming, Reality Sports Online, and Flag and Anthem. Check them all out. Cool. Well, hipsters out. Hipsters out. Where's our oh, recording? Okay. <laughs> now I'm starting. You just said test it. I'm now, testing it. No, now I've I've got to give the guy a countdown. He's a pro. <laughs> okay, sorry. Didn't realize we were just dealing with. Like, yeah, you're right. You're in you're you're in amateur zone now. You need to take down the professional notch a little bit. Yeah. You're the couple of idiots. This is all oh, BS. All right. This is the one day a week I wear pants. So. No. That's okay. true. I I'm not gonna confirm that I okay. do that because I wear pants every wear day. Pants. Well, Sometimes it's gym shorts though. But those, today those I'm wearing, aren't pants. Today I'm wearing that doesn't count. No, I mean they're pants. They're gym shorts. Shorts are pants. I don't think shorts are pants. I think shorts are shorts. shorts well, are shorts. but okay, and but then pants are pants. So when I, but when he says he's not wearing shorts, when, when they say put on your big boy pants, they're not saying put on your big boy shorts. That inherently sounds not big boy. No, it doesn't at put all. Put on your fleece joggers. Okay, you put on your capris. I mean, put on your capris. Are capris pants? No, they're not. But they're not shorts. They're just just capris.